For those of you joining us, we have a tornado warning going off here in the uh, town that I'm in. <laughs> Literally, the horn is going off right now. Wow. So we are uh, living on the edge, aren't living we? on the edge. Right. I, I took a look out the window and didn't see anything yet. So, um, <laughs> hey, that that speaks to our uh, our dedication to podcasting, doesn't it? That you do it right through a tornado. And, and there's no there's no shelter to go to. This this building is, you know, if I was. I, I don't have any place to go. So it's, it's like, um, if, if the, if the roof starts rattling, then, then I will, uh, uh duck under the desk and you guys can just watch. Uh, well, actually I'll probably go to a bathroom, but, um, yeah. So that's, what's going on here. The, the sirens are, 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 uh, are blasting as we speak. So, all right, let wow. me, uh, yeah, kind of wow. crazy, yeah. Yeah, that is kind of so crazy. I can't, so I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, this is not the time they test the alarms. Of course, we've got severe thunderstorm warnings going through and and everything else. So, but uh, fun time. And I'll show you the radar here when we get uh, when I get everything up up live. I think I've got everything running. Uh, yep, that's running. And we did have a power hit. So I've got UPSs here on everything. So if the lights go out, we won't have much of a show anyway. So, <laughs> oh man. So this is the first time I've ever done a, uh, a show throughout a tornado warning and people are like, what are you doing right now? Right. And, uh, so here, here's what I'm seeing on the radar, Rob. That's, I, I'm down there at the uh, middle of the screen. That's me. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. For those, wow. Wow. so that's weather.com's radar of uh, what is over the top of my town right now. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Are you just north of Wayne? Is that where you're at? No, I am. Um, well, I, I, I'm right above the state line. So, you know, the, there's, yeah, I'm, I'm in a town called Coldwater. So, yeah, anyway, it's not on that map. It yeah, look like. yeah, you can you can't see it. It's underneath a a, a thing of red. <laughs> <laughs> Just that. Yes. I think we started the show anyway. Everyone, welcome to the new media show. And uh, yes, the recorders. I actually should probably check that other recorder. Let me let me double check because I again, like I said, we had the 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 power flash, and I can't remember if I restarted it or not. So if we don't have video, it's going to suck. So I'll let you. Introduce yourself for 30 seconds, Rob. Oh, okay. Well, my name is Rob Greenlee, and I'm with uh, Lipson. I've been podcasting a long time. I'm sure anybody that's watching this probably has seen us um, on this show before. And But this is a, this is a first for us, uh, doing a podcast during a tornado warning. So, <clears throat> yeah. All right. They, All they, right, you're back. Yeah, and it was running. So it's, they've been blowing that horn for six minutes. It's wow. still going. Wow. So, you know, but it's, I don't hear the shingles rattling, but everyone, welcome to the show. We've got, <laughs> hey, you tell you what, stick around, the uh, the roof might come off, literally. And nice. uh, 
And that would make for, you know, as long as the video lasted, that would definitely make podcasting news tomorrow, I think, right? That's right. Pod <laughs> blown off the air by a tornado. Oh, <clears> man. I'm thinking, voice. I'm thinking, I'm glad I got my insurance uh, premiums paid up. So I don't know if you can hear it. It's still blowing. So anyway, how you doing, Rob? No, that's what I'm doing great. I mean, that's what's great about those, uh, those sure mics is that they're very, uh, they have a very shallow pickup area, so they don't pick up a lot of background sound. So you can't, you so can't hear it then. I can't hear it. Nope. Oh, that's, uh, that's good though. Well, um, yeah, I've, you know, here's one thing about living. Yeah. I've been in, uh, oh man, it, it's looking really, yeah. They, the weather map just updated a tornado warning on the, on the map. So wow. that black big mark. <laughs> that's that's where you're at. That, right? That's essentially I'm actually um I'm not as close to that as where that map button really is. So it that is probably east of me a couple of miles. So anyway, um there Okay. You're still clearly in the red. I'm still yeah. clearly in the red right now and I just refreshed that page. So anyway, so yeah, you know, living in Hawaii. You had to worry about a hurricane once in a while. I lived right. in California for a period. You had to worry about earthquakes. Right. I lived in Guam. You had to worry about typhoons. Here, it's, it's obviously tornadoes. So, and I'll be surprised if we stay on the air this whole time with uh, everyone in Michigan's uh, having power outages today. So, if, uh, if we go off the air, we, uh, we apologize for you. But, that's just uh, Mother Nature playing Ravik on electricity. So I think I know your next uh, purchase is a backup generator, Todd. I have enough UPSs <laughs> in here to keep the critical stuff safe right. long enough for me. I think, you know, like the TriCaster and stuff, I've got about 30 minutes of power on that and the Mac Pro. and the back. Yeah, I've got all the expensive year in UPSs and power conditioners, but, you know, backup generator? You know, we have one at my, my mom has, uh, my mom's a, a little bit of a prepper. And when the 2000 thing was coming around, 1999, switch over to 2000, mm -hmm. they bought a massive. It's, right. it is really raining here. I can hear it. I never heard rain in here before. Um, they bought a massive generator that can basically power the entire compound. And, um, it's, it's massive, runs on a big diesel motor and everything, but those things are not not cheap <laughs> they are right. not they are not cheap at all so uh um but no i'm not buying a generator i don't need one for the studio if it's the power's out i'm just gonna go home no but you and i were in a call a little bit earlier and i had actually announced this uh this show i think the way i called it on youtube was Measurement Coalition is strong. That's how I entitled the show today. Yeah, and, I would say so. Yeah, we had a great meeting with the IB team today. Can't go into too much detail, but I think there was, yeah. I, I think it was a great meeting. Yeah, I think there was some great, <clears throat> I mean, I can probably say a little bit about it. There was some great discussion about uh, streaming versus downloading, which is an interesting topic. Yeah. Um, that had been resolved quite a few years ago, I thought. 
but it came up again for some reason. So, and in all yeah. seriousness, Rob, if, if I leave, don't be shocked. Okay. It's getting serious out there. Yeah. So I'll, I'll keep my ears peeled, but if you see me leave this camera screen, don't, don't oh. be, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm just leaving. <laughs> You're gonna go straight to the bathtub, right? Is that where you're gonna there's go? no bathtub here, but there's a there's a there's a toilet I can hang on to. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, okay. so the, the meeting was the meeting was good and um but I think there's I think there's a potential for some folks to be severely disappointed here in the future. We're about ready to take action against a popular device which we have to blacklist. And because it's doing, it's doing weird things. Do we want to talk about it, Todd? I, I guess we can. It's not like it's really unknown because we've, it's Apple Watch. Yeah, I don't know that we've talked about it on this show, about what the issues are around that. Yeah, but. so so what's going on is anytime you take your Apple Watch off and you put it on a charger or it gets near Wi-Fi, it downloads all the podcasts that you are subscribed to in addition to what your phone has already done. Right. And 90 plus 98, 99% of those downloads are happening and nothing ever happens to them. They just go sit on the Apple watch. Now you may have listened to your podcast on your Apple watch before. And I've seen that. You may may not have listened to it on your iPhone. Right. I mean, that's the core of my question to the group too was, are 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 we going to see subscriptions that are available on the, the the watch that are different than on the iPhone? Well, so you know, is that something that's coming in the future where people will just get their certain? So let's say their shows that they only listen to when they're on the run, you know, while they're out running or something, or is, are they short form content that they can get on their watch? Yeah, but they probably don't listen to on their on their iPhone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how do we distinguish between these two devices when they're synchronized right now? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's lightening up here. We're starting to, I think we're through the worst of the storm. But anyway, oh, yeah. Good, so, good. so the, um, the, the situation is this double counting's going on. And not yeah. only that, if you're paying for bandwidth right now, you're probably paying for 5% additional bandwidth. It's not, we know that on our side, it's a, it's a 5% hit. It's a, it's, right. it's because people are not listening to it on those devices. And if they are, anything is the main thing is it downloads on your phone. Yeah. You're subscribed. And then it downloads on your Apple watch and it's the same subscription. Right. Most times. Um, cause I don't think there's a Delta yet right. like you indicated. Right. So, yeah. We're at a point now where we have tried to get Apple to to do this, and they say it's a feature, not right. a bug. And we're going to very highly have very high potential of having to. Well, some you Libsyn already did it. You guys already blacklisted yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's Apple been Watch blocked for for a couple of years now. I think. Yeah, I'm not sure how long, but it's been a long time. So. I think since the watch kind of had its own data connection, I think is when we've kind of blocked it. Right. So So, yeah, it's, it's not an issue for us. It's not going to require any kind of change on our side. No, no, but there's just what the broader industry is. Yeah. A lot of companies are going to, 
have not blocked it. And so that means it's a 5% drop in revenue for, for yeah. companies that are for individual, you know, that's a 5% hit that you're going to have to take. Right. And, uh, you know, people are trying to, some of the companies are wanting to push to the right this decision as long as possible because of that conversation. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the, the things that were talked about on the call really, you know, sometimes point back to, especially when you start getting into terminology, right. Of downloads versus streaming, um, kind of get back to client side play information. And we just don't have that. But yet, I just feel it, Todd, and you. I'm sure you feel it every day too. That there, there's just this increasing demand for that type of information. But it, the problem is, it just doesn't exist. Right. I talked to a an app owner, and they were, you know, they said, you know, it was kind of funny. The introduction email says, "I'm so and so from such and such," and we have a significant uh, usership of you know listeners that use our app for podcasting and we'd like just to talk to you and you know and, that, and so I said sure you know I'll give them 30 minutes and the um, I looked them up and pulled their percentage and I think it was like 0. 0.003 something so it was you know like three tenths of one percent they hadn't even broke one percent yet oh. and right. on the phone I, I told him I said you know you want to make podcasters love you I said because in my opinion is if a podcaster is getting something from the app, getting some information like Apple Podcasts is giving information, Google Podcast has, Spotify has, you'll be more endeared to the podcaster to promote your app if you're giving them something in return, building a portal, letting them claim their show, letting them see <laughs> some of that. Uh, I guess it's not complete. Or see some of the client side data. Um, that was loud, whatever it was. See some client side data and you can, um, and then podcasters start talking about you and maybe the listeners will start using it more and, you know, and we talked about a bunch of things, but I think these app developers are all trying to figure out how to break out. And there's only so much you can do with UI UX. Yeah. And I, I mean, said, I I was a little shocked that the conversation even came up on the call today about streaming because, you know, you could see the reaction from some surprising sources, right? That were like saying, hmm, that's not such a good idea to start naming things streaming when it's not. I was actually encouraged. I thought there was going to be fisticuffs. Yeah. yeah I thought, I, I said, wow, you know, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to jump on the bandwagon very hard here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Holy it that's thunder. That's amazing thunder. Wow, I'm not I, hearing it. You're not. It it's shaking the building. Wow. It just speaks to the the quality of your microphone. Well, there, there you go. I guess so. Everyone says, yeah. "What are you talking about?" Look, and I'm looking sideways. You know, I'm trying to see if the window's going to blast in or something. <laughs> Something's going to come flying through the window, like my car. <laughs> <laughs> So the, uh, and we laugh, but that could potentially happen. So, um, the, uh, yeah. So going in and to preface that we really didn't say where there was a, a discussion on the table, whether or not we were going to 
add streaming to the spec. And there's already a discussion about streaming in the IEB spec. Right. But I think what we're pretty much realizing here is that there is a consensus that the download is alive and well and it's not going anywhere. Right. At least totally. the, the measurement standard. Now we can help podcasters understand progressive streams or progressive downloads. And if they want to call it a stream, but still from a reporting upstream wise, it's a, it's a download. Yeah. I, I mean, if the, if the player side wants to use that terminology to communicate with their, their listeners, right. I think it's probably okay. But it's just, we can't pass that down to the advertising space. It's just going to confuse the issue. Yep. So, yeah. but uh, yeah. otherwise, um, I'm pretty happy with the, that was a pretty good call. And uh, yeah. compared to some things two or three years ago, where some of those meetings would be pretty, yeah. pretty intense, but I don't feel there was any contention. It was just like, yeah, we're all friends and not new net. Well, we're competitive friends, but you know, we all agree right. that. Right. So. I think we've come a long way on that. Oh, a long way. And there was 38 people on the call today. So. You know, a couple of us from each company, so there was some duplicative there, and mm. but uh, and and it's Frank a, and I asked a Frank question, and I got some Frank answers back, which I thought was interesting as well. Not everyone weighed in, but mm-hmm. you know, the basically the question I asked was: Is anyone doing advertising reporting other than download? Are you using the using a stream as a reporting? Are you just trying to get on the table? Is anyone else out there sending a different message? And it appeared not. Yeah. At least from those that responded. So. Yeah. No, I would agree. I think everybody was pretty on board. Yeah. And there was, you know, there were some heavy hitters on there today too. So. <clears throat> yeah. Hi Rita. Hi Stephanie. Hi Mike. But. um so yeah, hey, so that was good. Hey Todd, are you getting any companies uh, going after you right now around IP targeting of advertising? As far as data sources, they want far- IP targeting, or they want geographic targeting. They want to work with platforms like ours to get access to target advertising based on e- existing pools of user. Um, behavior data yeah 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 they're constantly trying that's the key word (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you want to go into that any at all Mm, i don't i don't see any reason why we can't but um you know i'm not going to name names or say what any great detail i'm just going to to say that you know there is, there are companies out there that are exploring uh, working with uh, the podcasting world around m- matching up by you know databases of user information from other sources that have been, that have opted in to share that right off of websites and other platforms that are looking to to map that data to IP addresses off of um, podcast downloads. And typically the conversation kind of goes sideways when I say, how are you going to opt in podcasts? Right. Right. Well, th- their argument back is. We don't have to. They don't have to because that information isn't, isn't flowing from our platforms to them, but yet for it to work, 
it has to have an IP address. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but they're claiming to have anonymized the, the IP address by using a, a unique identifier number. Uh, but my question gets back to is, well, there has to be some translation that happens from the IP to the identifier. Uh, and that's where the problem comes in. Right. And as just for the record, I don't know if what Libsyn's stance is, but Blueberry's stance was we implemented GDPR globally. Yeah, same with us. Right, right. And that means we're... Yeah, I was we're, just, yeah, I was just ra ra raising this topic because th there are companies out there that are pushing into this medium. Ones that are not currently, from what I can gather, are not supplying this information to podcast platforms, but are exploring the option. But I have had evidence that there are players in the podcasting space today that are providing IP right. data back to these types of players. Right. And that's maybe their business model. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who those platforms are offhand. And I probably wouldn't say here, even if I did, but um, it, it would, I think that there's a lot more companies out there doing this, right. That are trying to get involved in the industry. So is what I'm, that's the bigger message. So. You know, I, it, it's been two or three years ago. I was in New York in an office getting a demo, getting a non-podcast demo, but a, 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 a user attribution right. demonstration. And they were able to pretty much tell me who I was in their database. They were able to pretty much profile who I was and what I bought and what I did and the places that I traversed mm -hmm. and everything using location data, using just a lot of different, hey, if you, if you haven't checked your Google location data out recently, if you've got that turned on, right. I, I highly recommend everyone go and look at your location data history at Google. And if it doesn't freak you out to the ninth degree, then sorry, I, I, I don't know what to say. But taking all that data and taking all these things that happen when we walk into stores and what we Google and what we look up on our phones. And so we're all pretty much in a database already. Right, right. right. Grocery stores, you, you name it. Facial recognition. Because when. I mean, because honestly, Todd, we've all opted into stuff. We have. We've opted into and, all this stuff. And and oftentimes we don't read the fine print of uh, the the OK button that we push um, because we're urgently trying to get to some piece of content somewhere. Or go so, to go to Kroger's right. and get their on their coupon system or wh whatever. Right. 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 Yeah. And and read that. Of course, they've been the best at it for years. So. It just is natural that they want to use that same data to target us via podcast. Right. Yet. And I'm sure that they would love to get, get the information oh, about what those users are listening to, right? In their data. That's right. Right. And I'm sure they're willing to pay for that data or do some sort of exchange or a right. number of different models. So as, as a business owner, we have, we have a, a, we have a dilemma. Right. 
I'm sitting on top of hundreds of millions of IT download data per month. I think like 400 plus million data points a month or something we're looking at. That is associated with um, topics. And with and it's associated with an genres. IP. It's associated with a show. It's everything, you know. Right. And we can do cross. Cool. We can do cross checking and see on an IP by IP basis who how many shows you're subscribed to. At least it comes through our system. Right. But we don't do anything with that. We we anonymize that data. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, as part of the Wait. GDPR stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just doesn't get used. Right. Anyway. We, we don't. Right. And we've said we wouldn't sell it, and it's in our terms of service. We're not going to sell your data. Right. We, we've, we've put it explicitly in our terms of service. We're not going to sell your data. Right. So. Or, or even make it available. Right. Or make it on, available. On an, on an advertising type of relationship. Now, the big challenge, you know, is, you know, Apple and Google and Spotify and Pandora. They can all do this because they have proprietary platforms. Mm -hmm. And my, my worry all along is that the economics of this is going to drive these type of deals into the proprietary platform. Right. Yep. And that's, maybe that's the right place for it to be. It's just, it's not going to help the dynamic ad insertion business yep. that's uh, currently being built in the podcasting space today, because that's usually done from the host level, not from the, the listener level. So if you think that you're out there, you know, you need to ask your host. You need to ask your hosting platform, what are you doing with my listeners' data? You, you, should, if yeah. you, you should ask your host. If you're a podcaster, you should ask that. You should ask yeah. all service providers that you use in a podcasting space, what are you doing with my listener data? You should ask right. those questions. So Todd, I don't think most most podcasters think about it too much. Mm, I don't think so either. I think a lot of them, the younger the younger generation, don't care. I hate to say it that way, and I don't. You know, that's a, because they're already used to being tracked by everything. Right. I think there is something to that, Todd, and I think we we have talked about that part of it before. Where, where I think that there is just an acceptance now more than ever that mm -hmm. this is what's going to happen. I think this is like one of the last bastions of, of uh, pushback, right? Right. So, yeah. And it, and it gets, gets back to the very structure of an open medium like this. We're, we're not a proprietary walled garden medium, which you typically see supporting these type of protocols and these type of processes. Um, so, it's a price you pay for being an open standard platform, right? Yeah. So interesting, interesting how the how the phones ring almost concurrently. <laughs> well, I think that there's a thought that there's a lot of money to be made by doing this. I I I question that line of reasoning, though. I'm not sure that there. Is as much as everybody says there might be. I think people should start watch who's watch. Now, why would somebody go buy a podcast app? That's a good question, Todd. Okay, so I think people should start watching podcast app acquisition. 
and who's acquiring them. Or who might be acquiring them as you look to the future. Right. right. Because if they can't get it for us, where can they get it? They have to get it from the listener on the listener end, right? Via the app. Yep. So they've, they've went around us and they just went and bought the app. And then they get in the advertising business. Dun, 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 dun. And I do think that we're starting to see that a little bit from the bigger players. Yeah. How do you feel about that, podcasters? Is your listener safer with Apple, with Google, or with Spotify? <laughs> It's I a think, values question, Todd. It's a values question. Well, you know, I think from a, if you, if I, again, I don't know Apple's business completely, but. Well, I know that they're not in the advertising. No, business. they're not in the advertising business, but you know, they're, they're pretty savvy on who their customers are. And, you know, they, they're direct marketing to us anyway. I get, I get ads from Apple all the time because I've got a plethora of Apple products. So they only care about you buying more Apple products and buying more apps. and. They do make right. money from advertising within the apps. They do some revenue share there, I think. Yeah. yeah. So. True. Yeah. That's a given. But, you know, app du jour, you know, that's free. It's been bought somebody, has value. Then right. why did they buy that? They didn't buy that app not to make money. Let's not be naive here so are we the dummies rob are we the dummies for uh not giving them data and, and getting a check and they just go buy the apps and get the data and don't have to write us a check so are we the dummies here well or or should the industry be more proactive here oh, and no realize way. that no, there's they, they're not going to be we're 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 the last salvation of being non. I I don't even I sh I shouldn't speak for everybody, but I don't think there's too many folks right. that have the same mindset as maybe Blueberry and Libton. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a struggling hosting provider, <clears throat> if you're a struggling hosting provider and need more revenue. Someone calls like this and says, Hey, we got a deal for it's you. It's awfully tempting. Awfully tempting. And she went, you know, they're waving a a monthly check in front of their face. Right. Because they're going to get the data one way or the other. They're going to come in five different ways and they're they're going to get the data. Right. They, they may get it from just you know, if they if they make deals with app developers, they're going to get it all from all the probably the only one that won't sell is Marco. Yeah, you know, that's true. you know, your 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 listeners are probably safe over there, but for now, for now, <laughs> I'll give Marco the benefit of the doubt. He's pretty big on Abisky for privacy oh, yeah. of listeners. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. He is. You know, so hey Todd, did you? Uh, I'm sure you saw the back and forth with James. Gridlin, uh about the podcast rankers topic again that that came up 
this past week. Yeah. About um, how there, there's now three rankers in the podcasting space, and this is most popular podcasts and networks. Sure. And and all three of them came up with different um, different rankings, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that Joe Rogan showed up as the number one podcast and podcasting only on one of the three rankings. Yeah. And back and forth, this guy, I know we've talked about this and gotten ourselves into hot water, but this is just a, another example of what we're talking about, right? That, um, you can't really have an industry ranker that's based on a proprietary or different set of podcasts. (laughs) He's and, one of them. And, and one thing's for sure is Adam Carolla no longer has a world record holding podcast. There's no way. Of course, he, no one's done another, you know, hasn't paid Guinness the money to come out and do another look. But I, I had a podcast come across my radar. This matter of fact, I looked at the show and the second, the two words out of my mouth were holy beep. And then I, quickly went over and looked at another set of data and said, holy beep again. This one came out of nowhere. And I was just like, get them on the phone. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I'm doing, Hey, how are you doing? Uh, we want to, we want to help you. You want to help you with some advertising and, uh, you're, you're way overdue. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, but there's some shows out there that are just having phenomenal growth right now. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, 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 wow. <laughs> you know, where, where did you come from? You know, those right. types of growth numbers, you know, and I'm looking at the traffic they're moving and it's, it's in the P's, not, not in the T's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want a single shows moving a petabyte or two of right. traffic. Now, ladies and gentlemen. That's a number. <laughs> right. That is a number, yes. That's a number. Well, Todd, they're probably probably making it a 256K audio file. So no, they weren't. That's probably the reason. No, they no. weren't. I looked. Okay. So so anyway, I mean, it's it's an interesting question that there's a lot of podcasts out there that are quite large that uh, the industry doesn't really even recognize or know about. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because because. There is no integrated <laughs> reporting system into a ranking. Platform. I had no clue who these guys were until about three hours ago. <laughs> and I was in my system just doing it because I had a customer call in and said, we got a problem with this. I went, look, I'm like, and of course it crossed my eyes. I'm talking to the customer. I'm like, who's that? Well, even a show like what Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, do, oh. you know, the, the no agenda show, he's self-hosted. That's right. right? Yeah. He's not even hosting on any of the major hosting platforms. And, and they probably make $300,000 a year. Right. Right. So, <laughs> you know, it's all, all these ranker stuff. Let's just be, let's call it what it is. It's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of folks that aren't going to like that. We said that, but it is, uh, it is smoke and mirrors. I've always but said it. I, I look yeah. at the list. And I say I can displace, displace, displace. I can like move their four of their top ten right out. You got the same thing. You can. And, and the next thing you know, it's a whole new list. Right. And you know, again, now let's be frank. There's not that many massive shows. No, there's not. 
but also it's there's like a, what but, a one half a percent or yeah, less. but there's there's some that are single shows that do as much business as a whole network, <laughs> right? You know, so it's that's the thing too is they're they need to break it out by network shows and by individual shows, and then the or, whole list or, changes. Or one show that's larger than entire corporations podcasting. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Big corporations. So it is kind of funny. And, and then we're not even, we're, you know, I've got one show down in Mexico that work with us. And they're, they're, they're like, wow, they're, they're massive. And you know, account in Mexico, Brazil, you know, so we're not even talking outside the United States, you know, within your talk, we're just talking primarily within the United States. We're not talking about all those massive shows that are in other countries. Right. Right. And I got one of my team members the other day that we hired back in January. He's like, and I was just like, I'd gotten this email in and it was in Spanish and I'm, you know, using a translator and it wasn't quite right. And one of my team, I said, you know, I do speak Spanish. I'm like, why didn't I know that? Uh, and so now it's like, hey, we look at this and make sure I'm responding correctly. And so of course, you guys have Elsie, so she can speak Spanish. So, you know, right. it's it's difficult when you have mostly English speakers on your team and you have, you know, emails come in in Portuguese or in, you know, whatever language du jour. Yeah, I've been seeing more and more of that. And I've been too. using the the Google Translate more and more these days. So it's a way, you know, you just cut and paste what they sent you and yep. it spits out one in English and, and then you just do it the other way around. Yeah. It, and it's not perfect by any means. No, it's not. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Todd, did you see this post in uh, Medium? Um, it says the interactive AI podcasting debut. I guess there's a new company that's trying to uh, create podcasts out of text-based question so you can ask this platform to ask a question and it'll create a podcast out of the answer i saw the news headline but i didn't go into the article at all did you uh well i'm i'm looking at it right now um so you can ask a question and it will create a podcast out of the response the answer right Hmm. That would be fun to play with. And that would actually make a pretty good podcast to ask this thing questions and then just play the responses. Now, right. if someone wants a show idea, there you go. Yeah. Well, that and um, like we've talked about on this show before, what if you can create a voice profile for, for yourself? So like I go in and I create a voice profile, kind of like a, you know an Alexa experience, right? Um, you know. And then have that applied to this. Rob, you know. I get enough trouble by myself. I don't need some AI <laughs> getting me in more trouble. <laughs> Doing it for you, right? No. You know, well, I guess we're going to have to create blacklists of our AI um, <laughs> dialogue now, right? Is that what you're, is, is, is Be- that we're going to do? Have to because you have something to, and you would have to scrutinize every word and syllable that that thing spit out. Because, you know, I'm sorry. Well, I, well, it's supposedly artificial intelligence, Todd. It's not 
artificially stupid. Let so. me talk about, here's what artificial intelligence is today. It's a tool that has been right. programmed by a human programmer. Right. That's true. With his flaws. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, until we get something that is passes the Turin, what is it? The Turin effect or Turin rule. I think that's what it's called. Where it can be, you know, pass a certain number of tests, uh, then it still has right. to be programmed by man to begin with. Though I would say that this this app that I'm talking about, I don't know that it's really a podcast. I think it's one of those things that it's like an app that you ask it questions and it spits back answers. Well, we should play so, with that on the next show. We should get it downloaded and then we should ask it some questions and, and play it back. That would be very entertaining. Yeah, I don't think that it actually generates auto generates the RSS feed or anything. Well, it's, does it generate audio or does it generate a recording or it's it looks like it's it basically creates text and audio. Oh, we got we got to have some fun with this thing. <laughs> I'm serious, it would probably be a pretty cool podcast to just, you know, ask right. it questions and then let it talk or whatever it does and then actually use have commentary about the responses. There, right. I just I just gave someone a million dollar idea on a show, so. Right, there you go, Todd. <laughs> I don't. Have, I don't let's, have. Let's I, get her done. Get her done. Get I don't have. Done. I don't have time to do another show, but I'm sure there's someone out there that's looking for a domain now. Right. Yeah. Right. Not that we haven't done that on this show before. Oh, never, Todd. <laughs> uh. So it looks like the storm has passed. It looks like I've made it through without the roof disappearing. That's so, a good thing, Todd. My mom survived another uh, another disaster. My mom is replying on our chat, so I I think the power stuff must still must be out at uh, must be uh, on out at the compound. So otherwise, or she's on generator. I don't know, but she's she's still online. So that's a good sign, I guess. Yep. <laughs> It is a good sign. And I hope no one got hurt. But yeah, a lot of damage up in uh, north of Grand Rapids today. They had a 80 mile an hour winds or something like that. It was nuts. Wow, wow, yeah. wow, wow. We didn't get the winds here, I don't think. So, you know, I don't know. I just have had my head down. You know, it was kind of weird. I, this morning, it's, it's for us, we're, we're coming out of lockdown next week. Um, actually got an appointment. Um, some things I've needed done that I, you know, the doctor's appointment, a couple of things. And, uh, so it's been kind of weird cause we're on technically things have been starting to loosen up a little bit, but well, we've been at this 13 weeks and, uh, this afternoon, I, I mean, this morning I was just like, I got to work and it was, um, huh, I just, I really just wanted to lay down and take a nap, even though it was 9am. I, I, I don't know. I think the missing the interaction of people is is at least for me today was taking a toll have have you you know i what are you hearing from your team is you know i keep asking my team how are they doing and i know that members are starting to take a little more pto now um, that there's some stuff that they can actually do how how are how are you doing rob how's how's your guys' team doing <coughs> um we're I think we're holding up pretty good. I don't really sense a big change in too much. I mean, other than just not going to events anymore. Right. Um, so I, 
I think we've adapted to it pretty well. Uh, I think that there's other folks in the company that have been used to coming into the office yeah. every every day um, that have had probably more of a change. Um, but I mean, for, for me, it's really I just not traveling. Yeah, you know, I think that's the big that's real, and it's actually a pretty big change for me given how much traveling I was doing. And I don't uh, mind being out of the travel, but I do find myself getting a little antsy and. I keep saying I need a vacation and I was going to go back to Hawaii for a week, but I, they quarantined me in my house still. So I, I'm not going until they, I, I'm not going back to Honolulu, not being able to go out and get sushi or, you know, go to right. the beach or, you know, I'm not necessarily going to go to the beach. But I just don't like the idea of being stuck. Right. Yeah. You fly in there and, yeah, and, and you're be, stuck and inside stuck. the whole time. Yeah. The right. whole time I can, you know, but if, and if you get caught, and I don't have a Hawaii driver's license no more. So it's not like I can go in there and say, oh, I'm going to my house. And they're like, okay, you, you, you know, you're a visitor again. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, Todd, I saw on the, uh, the podjobs.net um, site about new, I'm not breaking any news here. It doesn't appear because the Sirius XM folks, uh, I put this out on a public newsletter, the Pod News, but uh, it looks like they're looking for the Sirius XM folks are looking for a partner manager uh, of podcast content. Huh? That sounds so, like a, hmm, sounds right? like a pretty good job. Are you looking for another email address, Rob? No, not necessarily. <laughs> but I thought it was I thought it was interesting because it doesn't mention Pandora here, so thought that was interesting. Hmm. Partner Manager Podcast Contents Partnership Sirius XM. But I guess it does list Pandora in the uh, in the description. But I thought that was interesting. It just shows that Pandora's looking to make some forward, you know, specifically Sirius is listed with Pandora, which I yeah. think is interesting. So it says Sirius XM Pandora joined together to create a leading audio entertainment company, blah, 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 position. Identify, negotiate, execute, implement, and manage the business relationships for third-party podcast publisher partners. thought right. they had one of those. Manage all deal flows and closely work with cross-functional teams to create partnership agreements with podcast publishers, working closely with podcast ad sales. And mar- Lindsay, are you uh, looking for a new job? or? Is- <laughs> I don't think that. I think he's, he's probably looking for help. Yeah. Like. Partner been- manager. So what is Lindsay's job position title? I don't know. Yeah, he's kind of the guy that's in charge of the whole thing. Yeah. So minimum so. qualifications, a bachelor's degree, work experience in podcasting, other media, relevant partnership positions, requirements, and general skills. So uh, four years of work experience in the podcasting space. Okay. I guess I qualify for that. <laughs> it's actually a pretty short period of time. actually. It is. And where, where do you have, do you have to tra- uh, go somewhere? Let me look. Uh, well, it's, it's probably, it's probably a remote base it, now. Yeah. I would think. I'm looking. It doesn't say if you have to, because sometimes a job description say whether or not you have to relocate somewhere. Well, I know that their, their main office is in New York. Yeah. I don't, you know, so yeah. if you're working in New York, oh my God, you know, first of all, Hey, anyone applying for this job? and you've never lived in New York or around the New York area, just add an extra $100,000 to your job salary requirement. Um, I'm not kidding. To be, if they make you move to New York City, just add another 100K. Right. 
100K. No, I'm serious. Add another 100K. If they say, well, well this job's going to pay 80, 90. Say, okay. Right. That's in, and they say, oh, by the way, you got to live in New York. Say, okay, 180, please. Right. Right. It? It's expensive. To live oh, in New it's York, incredibly right? expensive, you know? Right. And, and you're well, going to. It's, it's like living in LA, too. LA is the same situation. Well, or San Jose or any of those places. Uh, having lived in Hawaii, ask for additional 100K. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, at least. Yeah. And they may laugh at you, but if you work the remote, then you don't have to worry about that. So, Right. An interesting yeah. announcement. They're also, same thing in Canada, there's all kinds of jobs available right now. Yeah. So, this is, you know. Apple's got four of, jobs opened up. Yeah. These are the kind of opportunities that are coming up around podcasting that really never existed. Yeah. Too much. In the early days of the medium. So. Spotify, Gimlet, Apple has five positions. Um, some of these are a little older listings. Yeah. But iHeartMedia, they've had a number of Vox Media. Podcast.co, all these are out of uh, Manchester, UK. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six jobs opening. So. So, it's, you know, it's a category a lot now. Of, a lot of activity going on outside of the U.S. right now, too, in podcast. A lot of stuff going on. And a lot of uh, international companies are now, um, you know, exploring, you know, for, for business relationships, too. Yeah. And I, I saw the... The Infinite Dial came out for Australia. I don't know if you saw that, Todd. I did not see it. It's still it's still showing that podcasts, you know, listening is still going up, still doing well. It does look like uh, in Australia the um, the listening age is still tends to be a little bit. Um, What's it? On the older side, right, uh, thirty-five to fifty-four, but the younger demo is um, is definitely coming up, um, but it's not as high. I believe in the U.S. the the younger demo uh, is actually higher now than the thirty-five to fifty-four. Yeah, I, I again, I'm I don't track percentages to even try to remember them. That's like trying to remember the numbers in a phone book, right. Yeah. Podcast awareness. Yeah. Anyway. So there was interesting. And these are announced they're launching in Israel. So yeah. uh, that's interesting. Right. Right. And, and those of you using the Roadcaster Pro, big, uh, big updates coming to that supposedly. And uh, there's just a lot of, you know, a lot of just regular news is coming out. Did you see the article on Pod Hero that came out? This new app called Pod Hero? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. There was a, how should I, uh, they got an interview that was in Wired that, well, I'll say that uh, the Pod Hero guy is a bit of a, looks to be a bit of a rebel. 
What makes you say that, Todd? He's not afraid of uh, saying some four-letter words and uh, having a strong opinion. So I, I, I did appreciate that in the article. But he's very much anti-advertisement and wants to put money in podcasters' pockets by people paying Pod Hero six bucks a month. And then he splits the revenue with, I don't know how the oh, revenue yeah. split right. works in the app. But uh, $1 for Pod Hero, $5 for the podcasters, and they're going to split it somehow. Wow. I tried something on my show, I was, uh, and, I, and I took this from a YouTuber. I, um, so I've had my donation thing for a long time, where people can donate to the show using PayPal. And then go on recurring, 2 5 10 15 whatever dollars a month. And I saw some YouTuber was making like a wish list of gear, stuff they needed. And there's reoccurring stuff here. I always need batteries. You know, it's just a, it's an ongoing thing for the office and the show. So I put a wish list together and I didn't know there was a term for this, but one of my listeners sent me an email and they said, dude, e-begging, really? E-begging? And so I guess it, I guess there's a word for it. It's called e-begging. But I'm like, if you, you know, if you're, if you don't want to support the show with cash, but you want to buy me a box of AA batteries? That's just like a donation to the show, right? right and and right. I did, and I did put some higher end items on there. There's some, you know, some sugar daddy wants to hook the show up with a new camera or something. That that's good too, right? So, well, I mean, the concept of a, you know, like a bridal <laughs> gift list, right? Or right. Like that. You can certainly do that for a podcast, so, right? So the guy says, "I've heard it all from you." He said. E-begging, I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> so I lost a listener before e-begging. Okay. So Todd, uh, Todd, that's what we could do on this show. Just create like a like a pod gift list. <laughs> that's right. And then li- listeners can just donate uh, things to to us, you know, through the show. They could, you know, and we could actually take like old gear. <laughs> And right. make it make it like a podcaster. We, you know, because you and I don't need microphones or anything like that. But, no, but we could take that stuff and redistribute. You know, make that like a pod giving thing. You know, <laughs> there, go get that domain. Someone podgiving.com. Oh, no, Todd, Todd, <laughs> Todd, we're not going to take regifting and put it into the podcasting space. Sorry, but anyways, so so e begging. I'm now e begging, Rob. So I'm e begging for eleven ninety nine box of amazon double a batteries you know oh boy i probably pod, i can see a new term coming pod regifting or or <laughs> or i'll get or i'll get uh someone that'll start a social media campaign against me because i'm not buying rechargeable battery right right because i'm right, buying double a throwaway <laughs> right you know here's the thing about rechargeable batteries i found they don't last that long and they're not worth the uh, the for me, I get four. Extra money you pay for yeah, I get four or five charges out of them. Then I put them in the back, and it, you know maybe they've gotten better over the years. But it was just like, really. And if you want really good rechargeable batteries, they're really, really expensive, and you can't afford to do outfitting right. across the board. But yeah, I lost a listener because of e-begging. So, right. Um, hey, well, Todd, uh, what's your thought on this uh, Pod Hero thing? Um, I mean, it's. I mean, if you really think about it, uh, how much different is this from a luminary? Really? Luminary is not giving money to only people that have, no, luminary is, is paying 
signed contract. Everyone else doesn't get nothing. I know, but at at the core, at the of core, what it's the same thing, here, right? It's it's a monthly subscription, right? Or or is it only for one month that you pay? No, it's a monthly it's subscription every month. Yeah. So so Pod Hero is taking a buck. Yep. And the rest of it's going to the podcast. And how they're figuring that out, I don't know. Right. So if five and people it's split equally across all of the shows that are on the platform. All right? all equally or all by know. volume. Or is it based on download. I would imagine it has to be based on download. But isn't that kind of the same model that Illuminary is doing? Except the only difference is Illuminary paid up front and these guys are paying it in arrears. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe to some degree. I Probably some shows are on. So a, it's not going to hurt to be over there if I get a 32. And probably what, a, here, here's the kicker. Here's, here's how Pod Hero. So I love, we have to go ahead and read the terms of service. Because even us on our affiliate program, unless you get 50 bucks in your affiliate account, we don't right. write you a check. Now, we will cash you out like two, three years later. But we don't write you a check until you hit that at least that $50 level and it goes to a certain amount of time. And then, we, right. then we zero people out. But can you imagine they're saying, well, you have to hit at least $25 for us to give you a payment. So the 90% of the people will never get to $25. So right. they may never have to write a check. So does it actually say that it pays based on percentage of downloads? I, I don't. Again, I, I'm just we're speculating. Let's here. See here. We don't know. Yeah, Pod Hero, we don't know. We're just, we're just. Yeah. Yeah. We're just speculating. We're right. speculating. Yep. So, you know, I'm looking at their list of Q&A questions and I don't see how many podcasts can I support at the same time as a question. Oh, do you designate which shows you're going to support? I, I, that's a good question. It says the answer to that question is there's no limit to the number of shows you, you can support. Our goal is to allow you to meaningfully support your favorite podcasts with one, uh, monthly amount. Hmm. With that said, we caution that as the number of shows you support grows, the contribution to each. Oh, so you get to pick the shows that you want your, your payment payment to to go to. to. Oh, that's different. Yeah. Uh, and it says how much of the five 99 a month actually goes to the podcaster. It says four 99 a month goes to the podcast. You support, right? We're proud to charge podcasters zero fees. So we ask supporters for an additional $1 contribution, mm. bringing your total to $5.99 a month to help uh, run our service. The additional dollar is optional, but crucial for us to give creators the tools they need to be successful. So this is interesting. So you get to designate as a listener which shows you're going to support with your $6 contribution to Pod Hero and a Four ninety nine of that goes back to this. So if you designate four shows, you're each just going to get a buck quarter or something a month. Right. Hmm. That's an interesting model. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're supporting a couple of shows now. Right. Yeah, it's an interesting model. And, yeah. and the app takes care of the transaction for you. Right. 
So the podcaster doesn't have to, you know, solicit that. I guess this gets back to what we were saying, um, I think in an earlier show about donation models, right. Yep. And how that would be best operated by the listening app. Yep. Hmm. And that's exactly what this guy's doing. Okay. I, it's an interesting, it's it is interesting. Model. It is. Now the question then really becomes, can you get what this would really work great is if all podcast apps supported this. So would they have not been smarter to have built a platform that could have been utilized by all podcast apps? Then of course getting adaption is even harder than you probably split the pie more. So I guess this is one way for podcasters to try to get their listeners to use pod hero as their primary right. app. Right. But as I'll a go, way to support those yeah. shows, but I'll go back strong, strong but, communities. But as a podcaster though, do I really want them going over there to put money in a bucket to then come back to me? Would I rather have my podcasters just put $2 on PayPal a month? Right. Directly to you, directly to me. Yeah. I, I think I would rather have them doing the two bucks to PayPal or even if it's right. a, a buck 50, whatever it's going to be a month. I've always said, you know, this is saying this kind of crazy. I look at Geek New Central. I look at this show. You know, Rob, if we had two bucks from every listener of this show a month, you know, both of us would probably be pretty close. Well, not quite. But that would be, we could do some really incredible stuff. Right. Now, it does have one question in here that that they did answer. And that question is, can I keep using my current podcast player? Oh, probably you can. And it says you can. Oh, so they don't care. But we're pretty sure you won't want to. Pod Hero app combines powerful social tools with all the features you'd expect from a world-class podcast player. So I'm, um, so I'm not sure. So what they've really done there is built a, there's an app, but they have a platform that is basically they're, they're taking, they're making their money off the volume and becoming a, you know, so right. it's you. You can look at this a couple of different ways. You know, the the the, the skeptic well, so, in you can, but it costs a lot of money to build the app. Well, he's saying here that um, uh, you can still use Pod Hero as a way to centralize your podcast support. Just tell us which shows you'd like to support, mm. um, and you can keep listening using your podcast player of choice. Right. So that means that you can still subscribe through his system, yep. not use his app yep. and use any other app. Yep. That's what you're, is basically what he's saying. There's no technical integration. So basically that. you pay him and they pay everybody else. Right. And they take a buck for that. Right. And if, and if it's not based on downloads, then it makes sense. And on a $5 transaction until he has real high volume, he's probably paying 30 to 40, probably 30 cents to process that. That payment. To pay, and well, the payment might be 
Well, it depends. The, the, the highest expense will come in on the, the credit card processing fee. I don't know how much it costs to do the transaction the other way. Probably nothing if they're doing bank transfer um, through ACH. So they're, they're really, you know, in all honesty, he's not making that much. He's making like maybe 60 cents on a, right. you know, and yeah. it has to be pretty automated. It has to be pretty automated and pretty high volume to make any money. Well, that's, that, I think that's what he's trying to do here. Yeah. Um, it does also say, um, does pod hero work with all podcasts? He's, uh, he says almost every podcast. So he's pulling from the Apple APIs. It looks like, cause he's saying he's got over 900,000 active podcasts yeah. in the catalog. Um, active podcasts might be a little bit of a incorrect statement though. So active how from the standpoint of have has episodes available, but active so, isn't that would be an accurate number for actively updated podcasts. So you have to claim your show and they tell you how many supporters you have, how many recommendations and what your monthly revenue is. So they do have a a portable, a portal for podcasters, obviously, because you're going to put some banking information in there or something. Right. right. PayPal transfer or something to that effect. Hmm. So, Todd, I would imagine this show is already in his database. I'm sure. But again, if you want to donate to the show, there's a PayPal link right on the front page of every post at this podcast at newmediashow.com. So, you know, it's not necessary to do that. Right. So that therein lies the, the dilemma. Right. So really as a podcaster, I don't want people going to pod hero, but as a listener, you may want to, because maybe you can consolidate your, so I wonder if they get people to have a bigger pot of money. So let's say you're going to do 20 bucks. I wonder if you can have a bigger pot of cash. So wouldn't you, wouldn't it be, if I was him, I would say, Six bucks is the minimum, but if you've got 10 shows you're supporting, you can up that to 20 and do, or, or let's say 10 shows and do two bucks a piece or something, you know, it's. Yeah. So what you're saying is the more shows you subscribe to, the higher that monthly fee. Is. Yeah. Well, you, you should be right. able to, $6 is the minimum to get started on his platform, but he should allow, if he's smart, he'll allow the listeners to ramp up to a higher amount so that it's really a convenience for the listener to have one payment. Right. It, this is what this is. It's a convenience for the listener, not the podcaster. So this, he, he needs to market to the, to the listeners saying, Hey, you're giving donations already. You're going to do a Patreon here. You're doing PayPal there. You're doing something there. Why don't you just come here and do a single? It's, it doesn't really even need to be, he could have done this without the app. Yeah. Right. Well, that gets back to what you were saying earlier about it being a platform. Yeah. Right. So, but at the same time, very easy to duplicate. Someone could come in here and compete on this level if he sees any success. But, and I must admit, if you're going to do Patreon, Patreon's quite a pain to set up. You know, you got to send somebody just over to Patreon to get signed up and, you know, you go through that 
maintaining that. I've, I, I just don't understand it for the average podcaster. I still think just a PayPal or Venmo or any of these systems that are out there, you just put that on your site to make that available for donation. And matter of fact, probably based on, you should probably have multiple payment methods on your site because not everyone has a PayPal account. Right. But it would be more convenient if the listening apps offered a way to display that option to, well, there's, to donate. There right. is an RSS tag for it that, you know, right. that we both support and it only right. certain apps support it. Support it, right. So he does uh, lay out how to get your money in here. He oh. says, uh, you'll be able to connect your bank account or debit card after you've claimed the show. Yeah. You, you can withdraw funds once a month and there's a minimum of a $20. Oh, there we go. Minimum 20. So if you don't get to 20, I understand why he's doing it because he's probably got some, he probably doesn't want to do, I don't know. I don't think it costs to do ACH transfers. Maybe it does. Maybe his bank will charge him for right. an ACH transfer. But there again, it's a minimum of 20. Right. So if you get 16, 17, 18, and that's all you ever get. Right. So he currently supports 30 plus countries hmm. for this, it looks like, on the payout side. Yeah. The, how do I tell my listeners about Pod Hero? Uh, he goes, we're, we're glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, yeah, so it's basically a donation model and it, you know, just a different way for different route to get people to support right. your podcast. So he wants, uh, folks to mention on their, their, their show mm -hmm. that this episode is brought to you by pod hero, the easiest way to support your favorite podcast. You know, he's got like a little outline for a, for a spot script here that he's uh, written up about how it works. So anyway, it's an interesting platform. It's an interesting kind of twist on the idea of donations yeah, and, and a combination on the subscription model and donations concept. But, right. What's interesting. I talked to my team at one time about something like this, some sort of a, but right. then I kept talking myself out of it because I kept coming back to it as a podcaster. And I went like, I just have a, why do I need you? If I right. have a link on my own website, why do I, why do I need you? And. Well, I think it gets back to Todd is that, uh, this app doesn't really have a lot of listeners. Right. Yeah. So, you know, your chances of making a lot of money here are pretty low right pretty now. Pretty low. So it needs volume. Right. right. And they have to be your listeners. So it's not like he's distributing under some complicated scheme based upon, you know, popularity in the app. He's using it. He, right. You can designate who. So that was smart. Right. Right. Hmm. Well. True. Yeah. He had an app, another app before. So he basically reworked this app to rework that app to do this. And so we'll see. We'll see what he does. And, um. You know, from his perspective, he only needs probably four or five thousand 
listeners making this minimum contribution to be able to, I don't know where he lives, but if you're thinking about survival money, if you get 10,000 minus your processing costs, you probably got uh, a lifestyle business there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he, how big of his team is. So, and they're on Twitter, so I was going to look at their Twitter account. How many people they've got on Twitter? Ooh, the internet is slow. Hey, Todd, what do you think about um, podcasts that are based on just doing interviews? Do you think that's a, a viable strategy for a podcaster now? Well, I think, you know, and this is weird because, you know, I spent so many years doing a solo show. Right. I, uh, I, I always that's thought. That's why I'm asking you because you've got a, got a solo show perspective, right? You know, you have, the, I would not want the headache of having, just like you've already found out for this show. How hard is it to book people? It's hard to get people booked to get on and do interviews. And that long-term sustainability of being able to have, I, I can't imagine, I'm at 1453. Imagine me having to have found 1,453 people to interview on my show. I don't think I would have lasted that long. Right? I think I'd have run out of people to talk to. Uh, maybe not. Maybe people would have been rinse, you know, rinse and repeat and been on several times like they have been on this podcast. So, um, no, that doesn't happen a lot. It happens occasionally. Right. Occasional. So I, I just don't want to, I, I don't think I'd ever want to have to be in that position. I think maybe I'm getting to the gist of why you asked the question because I think we're starting to see. A hybrid now we're seeing people that are doing interviews and doing solo shows doing a mix of that where people are doing a couple of you know maybe one show interview one sh one show solo um right. or like in this model most of the episodes that we do is just you and i yeah and occasionally we'll have a guest yeah which like, i think is the perfect model actually and and saturday you know that's man i thought about that show all you know almost all day sunday stuff that was talked about in that show and uh if, you know, if I was to be starting over and I had the resources, I'd probably do a true crime show if I was starting over today. But, you know, because it, it kind of piqued my interest. But then again, I, that's a show you can't do on your own. You need a team type of show. But it really was an interesting, you know, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting genre. And, um, but. You can't do that almost, well, I guess they, they have some of the shows they're doing week from week, but yeah, I, I agree. I think this show's model is pretty close to perfect. But again, I'm also doing a, a solo show that has a never-ending supply of information. Right. I picked a genre that's tech news. You know, there's, you know, even on the slowest weekends, I can find 10 articles to talk about in the tech space. Yeah. So I never I run mean, out of stuff. I mean, if you think about it from the standpoint of, you know, should you do an you know an interview show or a solo show or 
should you do you know a a, a group type show uh, where you have a guest or a host and a co-host or maybe a couple of co-hosts i mean i think th- those are the main decisions that people make and i think what we came up to with this was is that um people told us over the years that they actually prefer the shows as just you and i right uh and and my thought on that was is that that's so when i used to work for microsoft and zoom one of the things that was talked about at the company uh, around con- consistency of brand messaging is around having a, a what's called a red thread of messaging and values that a particular brand has, right? Mm-hmm. So if you apply that to what a podcast is, um, that would be, be an analogy that um, the consistency of something within the program from episode to episode to episode is a way to maintain audience, right? maintain a connection uh with an audience and i i think what the dynamic is with us todd is that um you and i have both have strong opinions on things and that creates a red thread through all of our episodes right that people listen to the show because they like to connect with you or they like to connect with me and they come back for that every week but if we were to do an interview show Mm -hmm. it becomes less about you or me and it becomes all about the guests right yeah and, and that causes listeners to come in and out of your program, right? Because it's very possible on Saturday, a certain amount of listeners came into that show to hear Donald, mm-hmm. not to hear us. It's true. And, and are we going to get those listeners back listening to us next week? And we I had some on the live stream last week that they popped in and say, hi, Donald. It was on the Facebook live. Right. I, who's right. that? Someone that we'd never seen in chat before. Right. So will they, again, will they come back and listen? That's, you know, you don't know. You're right. 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 So, I mean, I, I guess it's an opportunity for you to reach maybe new. Oh. This psychology model of, of how the, how important are the hosts? And you look at like a Joe Rogan podcast and it's a really, really good example of a, of a guy that's really had a strong kind of connection with his community and his audience and the guests add to that. It's not the other, it's not necessarily the other way around. And I think a lot of people have said over the years that it's best for you to do an interview and then basically ask a question and then you completely back off and, and the show's all about the guests. And well, I just don't agree with that. Well, we don't do that here when we have a guest. So no, it's a conversation. What right, you want to right, create right, is conversation, right. not one-way communication. Because we know a popular show format where they get asked 13 questions and it's the same 13 questions for every guest. Right. I can't imagine that's, doing a more boring show. Right. That's boring. I mean, boring. Right. And then there's other shows that are, that do a lot of research on their guests and they dig stuff out that, has never come up or maybe was lightly mentioned in another interview, but they've spent 20, 30, 40 hours preparing for a guest and they have a, a slam dunk interview. Right. Well, I don't have 40 hours to do research on someone. I go read their LinkedIn page and I, you know, I, you know, that's three minutes before we go on the air. <laughs> yeah. So you're, I mean, but as a host, you have to have a certain amount of curiosity with what you're doing too. The, the curiosity part is what gets you through that. Right. Right. Even if you don't do a lot of deep background, 
on, on, on a guest, your curiosity will tend to pull you in a certain direction that may be consistent with what, you, what your audience would mm-hmm. be looking for because they may have that curiosity as well. You know, and, and be honest, before you inje- invited our last guest on, I really had nary a clue of what they were doing. Right. Or, yeah. or who Donald was. Right. Or, no, you know, at not all. at all. Right. And right. so I wasn't too excited about, you know, I really, I just didn't know who this, who this gentleman was. Hadn't, right. hadn't a clue. And he has a true crime. So say, that sounds like a good segment to talk about. And you right. had mentioned some other things he was doing. So that's a good fit for what's going on right now. And then, yep. and I, and it just worked out that I kind of got sucked in. I think I got sucked in more than you did. Yeah. Well, Todd, I, I, I had a feeling that's what was going to happen. It's so. kind of weird how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah. not unusual for, for you. I've, I, I brought in guests to the show that you really haven't said, well, I want that guy or I, I necessarily right. even knew about this person. This happened, you know, it's happened many times in the past and I kind of do it a little bit on purpose because it's, it creates a different dynamic on the show and it creates a, a genuine curiosity in you. And, and it always turns out great because yeah. you have a curiosity. And, just, yeah. and at the same point we have, you know, it's kind of funny. We talk about Lindsay a little bit. Lindsay was, you know, was trying to figure out how to handle me. He was worried about my, going after him based upon him having heard the show. And then right. when he came on the show, he said, let's do this again. You know? So it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we're talking about a Lindsay who runs a Pandora, Pandora podcasting. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, he's been on the show. He was actually on the live stage at podcast movement. So he was, you know, he was going around asking people, how do I, you know, how do I handle Todd? <laughs> right. He was all worried about you. He was, he was worried, you know, where I was going to, bite his head off or something. We had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, you know, I think part of it too is, is that, you know, we talk about stuff sometimes here that makes people uncomfortable a little bit. And, you know, yeah. that's the, and we don't, well, <laughs> we're just kind of the way we are. Yeah. We don't, I mean, that, we don't have an opinion at all. Right. I mean, <laughs> that is a certain amount. The reputation of this show is to talk about difficult topics, right? Oh man, it's, you know, and I think going back to your original question, then for some people, the solid interview, solo interviews just works for them. Right. And I think it's easier. It can be easier, but it's also can be harder too, depending on who you are. And I think it's a lot of it has to do with the personality of the individual. And uh, I I couldn't do it, you know, on my own. I couldn't do, I, I, well, take that back. I do. Like well, we you've do done it in the past. Well, we do it on podcast. In, we do it on. I've done on podcast legends. Done on podcast insider. But the type of interviews I like to do is I want to get down in the guts. You know, right. like the the thing I want to find out, like when we do our podcast, the surface, right? Get right, under. right. We, we we I want to find out why why you wanted to do a podcast. What what was that? What was that guttural? What was that thing that really made you say? This is why I want to do a podcast. And then I want to find out, did it deliver what you wanted to? And what are you getting out of it as, as, a, as the podcaster? And number two, what is your audience getting out of it? And how has it changed your life? And that's, to me, for podcasting, I've been astonished by the stories that I've heard from podcasters that started out with a goal. It right. shifted on them. 
and then they it it led them different places. Sometimes it delivered exactly what they were trying to accomplish, but often it it morphs. And I think from my perspective, that is always to me the kind of the exciting thing about and I think the feedback I've gotten from people that have listened to those episodes before, they're like, Holy cow, that person's right. life got changed. I'm what is dinging here? Oh, I'm having messages come in. I don't know if you can hear that or not, but Yeah, I can. I can. That's okay. Let me turn this down. So um but yeah, I mean, and I've heard stories too where people start down this path and it completely changes their lives. Yeah. And th- they had no idea that that was going to happen to them in the way that it did and um, and how quickly it happened. Um, yeah. How they completely changed how they do things on a daily basis and what the impact is on their, their reach and the interaction that they have with uh, people in their industry. And mm-hmm. it just, it can be a transformational situation if if you're successful with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, we are. Yeah. We're, we're at the about, bottom. We're there. Right. So did we get deep enough for everybody today? We had people come in and out. Uh, Oh, Martin, we're never going to do that. <laughs> oh, what did he say? I, I, I'm not Conversation should be president. You are unique. Our pre- he said, president. Uh, no, we're not going to talk about the president on the show. I, if that's or, what you're referring to, you are unique characters, Robin TL. We're not going to talk about politics on this show. Um, uh, at least I think, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, with that said, I'm Todd at blueberry.com at geek news is my Twitter address. And I can be found on Twitter at uh, Rob Greenley, and that's with two E's on the end. And I can also be reached uh, via email, robg at lipson.com. So we appreciate all of you being with us today. We thank you for your time. And yes, uh, we're still here. The roof did not depart the building when the tornado warning went off and everything here in my community. So uh, live to tell another day, to story another day. All right. And uh, we'll be back with you on Saturday at 12 noon eastern 9 a.m pacific hope you'll join us and uh thanks for being here we'll see you next time on the new media show make sure you get over to mishow.com and subscribe to the i think i pointed the right way to the podcast if you're not already thank you for being here and take care bye-bye okay bye yeah i don't have the graphic to put up today but